thank you for listening to the weekly message at First Baptist Church in Bushland, Texas. All right, we would like to take some time today to honor our high school seniors, not our senior citizens. We love you guys, but we're honoring the high school seniors. Um, what I'm going to do, because I know that, and you guys know, those of you who have had seniors uh, and kids in school, they didn't make it by themselves. They made it because of moms and dads helping out a lot. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to call the names of each senior. And as I call your name, if you could, please, everybody hold your applause. But I'd like the senior to come up here along with the family. And we'll, we'll just kind of line up right here. And then once everybody's up here, we'll give them a round of applause. But I want to recognize the high school seniors along with their families. So uh, Amberly Carter, come on down. I'll let you stand on this end. You don't have to walk as far. Here you go, Amberly. Congratulations. Quinn, Quinn Moppin. All right. David Riley. Way to go, David. Austin Self. Good job, man. And last one, Madison Stull. Good job, Madison. All right, and before we clap for these people, I also want to recognize one more group. Uh, the people who graduated college or trade school, if you could, with your family, go ahead and stand up. We'd like to honor you guys. You guys worked hard. <laughs> All right, let's give these guys a round of applause. Good job. All right, you guys can be seated. Thank you all. Good job. Proud of you all. And before we start with the lesson, I'd like to pray for all of those who stood up for their graduation. Uh, God, I just want to lift up all of these, all of these students to you. Um, I, I just want to ask that you would continue to guide their steps. Uh, your word says that uh, we, we might plan our paths, but you guide our steps. And I just want to pray that over uh, both the high school graduates and the, the uh, college graduates and trade school graduates. God, I just ask that you would... Uh, pour your blessings over them, and that you would keep them close to your heart as they keep you close to theirs. Amen. All right, so I've got a super quick lesson. We're going to get it done in 15 minutes. That'll be a record for me. It'll be good. So I'm going to truck through really fast. You guys can listen really fast, and we'll all be fast together. Um, the lesson today is called Our Youth, Nurture. Uh, every year, uh, when, whenever I get up here, I, I like to talk about youth because I'm the youth pastor, and I get a chance to do that. And today we're looking at this word nurture. I actually looked up this word in the dictionary, um, not because I've never heard it before, but I was just curious what the dictionary had to say about its meaning. And it was really cool because the dictionary said that it was this idea of bringing up, uh, bringing up people, bringing up things into what you desire them to be. 
which is pretty cool. So we're going to be talking about nurturing uh, other people. There's, there's a cool quote. This one's not on your bulletin, but I found this one. It was, it was awesome. It's by Franklin D. Roosevelt. It says, we might not be able to prepare the future for our children, but we can prepare our children for the future. Uh, I, I read that, and it, it reminded me of, uh, of driving. Uh, some of you guys may remember your, your first time in the car, and I remember my first time. I was real little. My brother had just driven. We were out at the lake, and I was in elementary school. And my, my brother, he got to drive. And I was like, whoa, that's so cool. My brother's cool. And here I'm like a second grader, third grader. And I'm like, man, I'll be cool one day like my brother. Then my dad, he pulled out the keys and said, hey, Asher, we we're in the back 40. We were way far away from everybody. He said, you want to drive? It's like, yeah. He said, okay, I'll make a deal with you. If you can see over the dashboard, you can drive. So I climb in the driver's seat. He drove a Suburban. and <laughs> So I climb in, steering wheel's like right here. And I'm sitting there, I, I'm leaning down to reach the pedals. He said, can you see over the dashboard? What did I answer? <laughs> yeah, of course I can. I can see over the dash, give me the keys. So uh, being a loving father, he gave me the keys. And I, I started driving, but I knew that there were trees at the lake, and I didn't want to hit one. So I'd hit the gas for a little bit, and then I'd slam the brakes. Because if I hit a tree, I didn't want to hit it very hard. So we're all, like, getting whiplash, and, and I'm, like, braced for impact. And uh, I drove all of about 15 feet. Um, but, man, I was big stuff. I went to school and bragged to all my friends, yeah, I drove the car at the lake. And uh, it, it was really cool. My dad and everybody else in the car, they didn't think it was so cool. They were terrified. They thought they were all going to die. But me, I thought it was cool. Well, later, um, I got much older and uh, 15, got to go to driver's ed, right? That was a, that was a bad mistake. Uh, my brother, he decided instead of driving me to my first driving lessons, he was going to let me drive to the first driving lesson. And so we lived at Amarillo, uh, we, we lived at Amarillo High, so it was just real close to Roadrunner Driving School. It was like just blocks away. And so I'm, I'm hopping in the car. I was scared to death. I told him, I said, Aaron, are you sure I should drive? He's like, oh, sure, anybody can drive. And here I'm thinking, nobody's ever told me anything about driving. I don't know which pedal's which. And so he, he reminded me which pedal was which and that I was only allowed to use one foot and some of these things. And so um, I sat in the car, and I, I turned to the keys, and it started grinding because ends up the car was already turned on. And so it, then, then I put it in drive and started hopping the curb. He's like, no, reverse, reverse. And, and so I put it in reverse, and I start backing up. It ends up there are people standing behind the car at the time. It, it was this big mess just getting out of the parking lot. And me being the wonderful ADD individual I was, on every road trip, I was always looking at things. Never at the road. So I didn't know the road rules. I didn't know stay on the right side, stay on the left side, turning lane, what the stripes. I knew nothing. I pull out into oncoming traffic expecting them to stop. I, I thought they stopped for you to come out of the parking lot. They don't. They, they honk their horn and they uh, show you a peace sign minus one finger. And um, very friendly people. And so I, I started driving. My brother's screaming. He's white knuckling the, the side of the seat and the car handle. And we made it there. God, that shows God can do miracles. Um, we made it there. There were a lot of people angry. There were a lot of people scared to death. I'm, I'm sure everybody driving in that area was leaving with an adrenaline rush because they thought they were going to die. 
But the problem that happened is I wasn't prepared for that part of my future. But then I sat down, and these, these instructors taught me what the rules and stuff were, and I started getting more equipped. And finally, they decided I was worth giving a driver's license to. And over time, I learned more and more from people pouring into me, from people teaching me and being willing, uh, being willing to nurture that. They knew I could drive. I mean, almost anybody can drive. Uh, they knew that I could do that. But I needed that nurtured. And so that's the same way with our kids. We may not be able to prepare the roads of their future, but we can prepare them for those roads. We can equip them so that on those roads of their life, they can find success and not make all the wrong turns and all the mistakes. They can head the direction they need to, which is to the Lord. So we're going to look at this this whole idea real quick. Um, Let's look at... A verse in Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 29, Proverbs 29, we're going to be verse 15. I've got two verses out of Proverbs that I really liked, um, 29, 15. Ends up as I was uh, finding verses about kids, I was astounded by how many verses talk about using rods on your kids. It was was wonderful. (laughs) Now I realize why I got so many whoopings. My parents read the Bible. Uh, Chapter 29, verse 15. The rod of reproof gives wisdom, but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. Um, This is cool. This is talking about this idea of a kid being nurtured. Not, not just beat or whatever, but a kid being taught right and wrong, being taught who God is, being taught how to live for God, how, how, to, uh, how to dedicate their life to God. And it, it says that that's awesome. That brings wisdom. They know what to do. But the one who's left by himself, oh, he'll figure it out. Those are the ones that don't get it done. Those are the, the kids who grow up and they have to try to figure out for themselves what right and wrong is. They have to figure out for themselves who God is and how to have a relationship with God. Um, we, can't just, uh, we can't just leave kids alone and hope that they grow up to glorify God. We've got to teach them how to do that. There's another verse that's really cool in Proverbs, Proverbs 22. It's back just a couple pages. Um, in 22, verse 6. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. A lot of times, as uh, as adults, you might feel like you're pushing God on students, or uh, they're they're going to be so aggravated, they're just going to go off and be crazy. But if we if we train them, if we nurture them in that, uh, like like for example, the youth group. That's one of the goals of the youth group is to nurture kids in the ways of Christ, in the ways of glorifying God. The, the reason for Juanas is to raise kids in Christ, to nurture them and show them how to glorify God. And if you do that as a family, to teach kids the ways of Christ and teach them how to glorify God, they've got that down. That becomes who they are, and that becomes what they do. That becomes the path that they take. Um, how do we nurture them? That's a question that I wrote down because I I got to thinking, well, a lot of times I'm sure parenting can be overwhelming. Ruth's been talking to me here lately about the idea of me becoming a dad 
scares me to death. I keep trying to convince her I'm not old enough to be a dad. And uh, the reason is this whole idea of nurturing can be overwhelming. I mean, I I haven't even parented yet, and I'm overwhelmed just thinking about being overwhelmed with parenting. And so it's really cool because there's a verse about that. And so in Deuteronomy, and this is the last verse I'm going to have you turn to. Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy, we're going to look in Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6. This is a beautiful, beautiful section of Scripture. Chapter 6, verse 5. We're going to go 5 through 9. Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 9. This is really cool because this reflects exactly how to nurture God in the youth. And as we read this, I want you to be thinking not just about your own kids. Some, some of you may not have kids. Some of you uh, too young for kids, too old for kids, too in the middle for kids, whatever. Um, but think about the kids that we do have right now. The youth, the children's programs at, these, at this church, these are your kids because they're part of the body of Christ. We are family here. And so this, this verse is to all of us about how to help these Students, uh, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all of your might. And these words that I command you today, they should be on your heart. You should teach them diligently to the children. And you should talk to them when you sit at your house, when you walk by them on the way, when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand. They shall be like frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. It's talking about everywhere we go, everywhere we look, we need to be trying to make as many opportunities as we can to nurture God in young people. And uh, these are some ways we can do it. Parents and non-parents, let them catch you serving God. Not catch you messing up. Students remember what they catch you doing. I've I've gone to uh, youth camp after youth camp, and and sometimes the students come back and they're like, man, I'm kind of depressed. I I don't know if my family knows God. What are you talking about? They never read their Bible or anything, and they don't pray. Well, I know their parents. Their parents do read the Bible and they pray. They do it at work, which is great. But let the kids catch you on occasion doing it. That way they see, you know what, it's important. And if it's important to you, if it's a, it's a, if it's a viable part of your life, then they realize it needs to be a viable part of theirs. They, they need to cherish that as well. Let them catch you serving God. Let them catch you going out of your way to bless somebody for God. Let them catch you praying for somebody. Let them, let them catch you doing these things because uh, whenever they see it, they see how they can do it. They, as annoying as they might label you sometimes, they look up to you and they want to mirror you. So our role as adults is to mirror Christ. So when they're mirroring us, they're mirroring the Lord and our Savior. Um, here's another way to nurture them. Pray for your students. I talked to this elementary school girl. It was my last substituting day, and, and she kept telling all these, uh, these kids, you need to believe in the Bible. She's a third grader. These, these boys are talking about magic. She's like, magic isn't real. You need to believe in the Bible. Only God can do magic, and it's called miracles. And she starts preaching to these kids. These kids are like, oh, my gosh, what just happened? She's like miniature Billy Gramus. Um, and so she, she, starts, uh, she starts preaching to these boys everywhere she goes. And I, I finally uh, called her aside, and I said, hey, I've got a question for you. 
do you go to church? She said, yeah, my parents make me go every week. Said, they make you go? Yeah, sometimes I don't want to, but afterwards I'm glad they make me. That's, that's coming from a little third grader who's preaching and spreading the gospel everywhere. And, and then I said, okay, so tell, tell me about home. Do, do they just go to church and that's it? She said, no, we read the Bible every night together and we talk about our day and then we pray about it before we go to bed. That's cool. That girl is getting nurtured. That girl, as she grows older, she is being trained in her way and that way is the way of God and she's not going to depart from that. She, she's going away solid. Any time that you spend, even if you feel like it's too short or you might not know the answers if they ask you a question, it's time well spent. Uh, th- there was a little girl in this church after Easter. She asked this, uh, her mom this great question. Mom, how heavy was the rock that the angels rolled away from the tomb? Was not satisfied with any answers. Sometimes you might get crazy answers. If, if you're overwhelmed, just talk to Jeff or Melissa or me. We'll make up a good answer. Um, th- th- they'll end up being satisfied. But, but yeah, don't be afraid. Don't be intimidated by what they might ask. Because anything you put into them is better than not putting into them at all. Because when you show them a lack of God in your life, they're going to grow up with a lack of God in their life. Uh, be involved with them. Pray for them, be involved with them. They know what's going on. Most times when students talk to me about issues, uh, there have been students who have come in from the high school just to talk to me. They don't come to church here, they talk to me. Most of the issues that are brought to me, even in the youth group, most issues that are brought to me, the parents don't have a clue. And I'm talking from little things to boyfriends to being tempted to sleeping with somebody or girlfriends or uh, I want to go to this party and I don't know what to do. I'm not going to drink or do anything bad there. I'm just not sure if I should go or not. I'm talking all the way up to talking about uh, cutting, talking about suicide, abortion. And the parents didn't even have a clue. That's scary. Be sure that you know what's going on. Even if your kid's a little angel, because I'm sure they are. I I love each one of them. But sometimes they they have struggles. Be sure you're talking to them. Be sure you're involved with them. Be sure that you might even be a little bit overboard praying for them and talking to them about God. Ask them what they learned at Sunday school. Ask them what they they, uh, need prayer for. Ask them what verses they're reading, what verses they're memorizing. Right now the youth is trying to memorize a verse. We've been working on it for about four or five weeks now. Help them with that. That's a great way to start. Even if they're not your kids, walk by them and quiz them. And that gives them more incentive to learn. That helps nurture them and grow them in that. Um, Guidance. Guidance. That comes from each one of us, not just parents. Be willing to guide these these students. You, You might hear things, rumors sometimes that aren't even true, but be there for them. Talk to them. Guide them. Give them advice. They might not listen, but they might listen. And you, you can nurture that in them. You can show them the way. Uh, teach them. There, there are several ways in this church that we have that you can teach. Um, there, there's the Awanas program, which is always needing help. There's, there's the, the little, little toddler's wing with Angela. They, they need help there. Um, the small groups in the, uh, in the youth center. We're in need of teachers. Um, Wednesday nights, we, we need adults to, to just 
watch over and protect the youth. Uh, there are so many needs. Even if it's something that seems kind of behind the scene, like helping in the kitchen, there's always need for that kind of stuff. So that's how you can be there for them and help nurture them. Step up for them. Look for areas where you can step up and out of your way to encourage them for the Lord. And the last one, and this, this is one that I, I just want to say to you guys. You guys are nailing this one down. Financially, you can help them. Going to, to youth camps, going to missions and stuff. There are so many times when so many people are like, I can help a kid go to camp. Um, I might not be able to pay for a whole kid, but I, I can pay half their way. Get somebody else to help. And then every little bit of that gets them a long ways towards nurturing them in the ways of God. Um, Chuck Swindoll. This is a cool quote. This one is actually at the bottom of your bulletin. He said, each day of our lives, each day of our lives, we make deposits in the memory banks of our children. That's not just parents. That's not just grandparents. That's each person in this room. We're, we're making deposits each day. These students will see us at basketball games, at football games, at baseball games, at the school uh, out at the gas station out here, the pizza shop. But they'll see us. And we have to be sure that every time they see us, we're depositing, we're depositing this idea of God in their lives. And uh, that, that's what we're here to do. And, and I just want to encourage you, if you're not serving or have not served, don't be intimidated. Find a place to get plugged in. Uh, find a place to uh, step out and nurture the kids. There's always a need. Uh, and if there ever seems like there isn't, that just means we're being really good at hiding it. Uh, but there is always a need. So please, please, please uh, be willing to ask where you're needed. Um, students, the graduating seniors, I've got a couple words for you and we're done. Um, your gift, your gift, some of you guys may have opened it. I'm going to spoil the surprise. I'm going to open this one. So sorry, sorry if you guys haven't opened it. I'm spoiling it. Amberly knows what it is. She said it's a Bible. I heard her. Um, got good ears. We got them a Bible. This Bible, um, students, this is not just a whatever Bible. This is a study Bible. It's called an apologetics Bible. That's a fancy word for saying. Inside of it, you'll see some articles that answer some tough questions. Sometimes in your college walk, people might ask you some harder questions. Don't be afraid to dig in there and find the answers. Don't be scared to witness in your colleges, because the colleges need it. The colleges, they need to hear God. They need to hear that you're on fire for God, because those students who are in college with you, they will go into the workforce, and that workforce sets up society. And the more you plug in and nurture God in those around you, in your peers, the more they can influence society for Christ and bring our nation closer and closer to God. You guys are very valuable where you're at in, in schools. Um, there's, there's also a keychain in there, in case you didn't open the little, little metal box. That's a keychain in there. And that keychain has a verse that says, um, do everything that you do to glorify God. Your annoying projects, your annoying labs, your annoying teacher, annoying classes, everything you're doing, do it for God. Do it to praise and glorify him. Being broke in your apartment, be broke in your apartment for God. 
Glorify him while you're there. Glorify him with the ramen noodles. Share with friends. Bring them in together and have Bible studies there. You've got a Bible for it. Have a Bible study there. Um, But glorify the Lord with everything you do. And I I like the keychain because it's kind of a dual reminder. Um, A, everywhere you go, God is watching you. That's important. Second thing is let God guide you. Let him be your driver. Let him be your driver, and you, you take the back seat, and let him direct your path. And if you ever aren't sure where you're going or where you are, you can talk to him, and he'll take you where you need to be. Um, also, students and the parents, be sure, students, you get involved. Parents, be sure you force them to get involved. In a church, wherever you're going, if you're going down to Lubbock, find a church there. Going to Oklahoma, find a church there. It, it probably won't be as cool as this church. But find one, find one. Get plugged in and serve there. Because when you get plugged in and you serve there, it starts growing you and you are able to grow others. You just transfer being the body of Christ over there. Also, in colleges, there's there's organizations like uh, the Baptist Student Union or Baptist Student Ministries. Get involved in those. It might feel weird at first. But get involved in those. Be sure you do. And parents, be sure your students get involved in those. Those are so valuable in nurturing you and growing you closer to God. Um, I'm going to go ahead and close out with a uh, a little altar call. I know this this lesson wasn't guided uh, specifically towards uh, salvation and stuff. But you know what? God can still speak through uh, learning about how we need to influence kids. Best way to influence kids for God is if you know God as your personal Lord and Savior. Um, maybe you would like to join the church. Maybe you want to make a decision about baptism. Maybe you just want to come up here with, uh, with your graduate or your uh, family and just pray for them. That, that's cool, too. There will be some adults on either side, and we'd love to pray for you. Or you can just kneel at the altar and pray. Um, but church family, be sure that we are constantly nurturing not just the youth, but the kids. Not, not just the kids, but the little babies. Not just the little babies, but even the college students. Um, but let's go ahead and pray. God, thank you so much for being in this place. Thank you for being a God who, um, who can guide our steps. A, a God who's powerful enough to direct us and take us to where we need to be to glorify your name. And I, I just ask that each one of these students that's going off, I ask that you would give them the strength to not depart from your way, but to stand firm uh, in the way of serving you so that others can see your light and be drawn to that magnificent light, Lord. I just ask that right now um, that you would just bless each family here and... Uh, God, I just ask that you'd be glorified in each one of our lives. Amen.
Thank you so much, church. I'm going to ask our deacons if they would come down at this time. Uh, we'll receive our offering. As we hit the summer months, I just want to encourage you, church. You always do a great job of this, but just continue to stay faithful in your giving. We have a lot of expenses in the summer, a lot of large expenses with camps and stuff. So uh, we definitely need uh, the funds to continue to do all the things that uh, we're doing here as a church. So I know you'll be faithful in that. Asher, you pray for us, please. God, I want to thank you for uh, your blessing over our lives, and I just ask that you would bless this time of tithe and offering, that you would just uh, stretch it out to reach uh, your people uh, in this region and wherever it is that we go. Amen. Hey, just a couple things real quick, and we're out of here. Obviously, youth camp coming up. Make sure you keep up with those deposits. If you owe Asher money or not Asher specifically, but the church, uh, make sure you pay for that. Also, for children's ministry, uh, we uh, have preteen camp. Registration begins June 1st on that, so if you've got preteeners, 
uh, presently fourth, fifth, or sixth grade. Make sure you get stuff in for them. And then Vacation Bible School, we are two weeks away from Vacation Bible School. That's crazy, but it's true. And uh, we always need people, and uh, places to serve are, are bountiful. So if you want to serve and you want to help, please do so. Meeting for that is June the 5th. So if you want to come June the 5th and say, hey, I don't know what I want to do, but I'm here to serve, I promise you they'll find the spot for you and you'll be blessed for it. So uh, if you can help us at Vacation Bible School, please let us know on that. And one last reminder about baby bottles. Uh, the baby bottles picked up Mother's Day, be brought back on or before Father's Day. There are a couple of empty bottles that you can get if you need another one or didn't get one. But get those filled up and bring them back. The drop-off spots are in the back, and we'll get those to CareNet. And uh, we love supporting CareNet. Uh, anything else I'm forgetting? Ash, are we good? Okay. All right. Hey, let's stand together. I pray over you. Uh, don't forget, uh, Baccalaureate, 2 o'clock. I know senior parents won't forget that, but uh, hey, have a great Memorial Day weekend, and congratulations to all of our seniors, uh, high school and college and trade schools. Thank you so much. Y'all did a great job. We're proud of you. Let me pray over you guys, and we're out of here. Father, we love you. Thank you so much for uh, the time together this morning. Thank you for our seniors and the parents that represent. Thank you for our church, Father, and the investment we make in students and in children. And, God, we're always uh, making deposits. And, Father, I just thank you so much that, um, Father, we as a church uh, have the opportunity to invest in students. Uh, God, they're not the church of tomorrow. They're the church of today. And, Father, I pray that you will continue to bless them. And I pray for all of our seniors, Father, that they have a very special day and that you guide and direct their lives. And, God, thank you again so much uh, for the weekend that we celebrate, Memorial Day weekend, where we honor and celebrate all those who served our country. And, God, I just pray you bless our country and uh, just may a special blessing to all those who serve our country today that are not here with us, that are overseas protecting our country. Uh, God, bless them and their families as well. Thank you again for your love. Thanks for meeting with us today. Be glorified as we leave this place. Give us divine appointments as we hit the mission field. In Christ's name, amen. Love you, church. See you.